0: And this morning, I'm speaking to you on a message of title, Fill your horn with oil. I said, fill your horn with oil. Oh, fill your horn with oil. Help me preach to somebody this morning. Tell another person for me, fill your horn with oil. Tell another person for me, fill your horn with oil. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 1. Now the Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul? Seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel. Fill your horn with oil and go. I am sending you to Jesse, the Bethlehemite. For I have provided myself a king among his sons. Amen. Genesis 23. The verses 3 and 4. Genesis 23. Verses 3 and 4. Then Abraham stood up from before his dead and spoke to the sons of heath, saying... I am a foreigner and a visitor among you. Give me property for a burial place among you that I may bury my dead out of my sight. Amen. These are very powerful verses. The first one talks about King Saul who was rejected by God and Samuel taking a chunk of time to mourn his rejection. Amen. This tells us that the state in which our sister finds herself as for her is about death. Hallelujah. But this aspect of scripture reveals to us that she through death may be mourning, may be in darkness, but there could be many of us here who are in the same place as she is today, struggling with darkness, not because of death, but because of other circumstances. Hallelujah. Saul was mourning. Uh, Samuel was mourning. But not because Saul was dead. Amen. But because Saul was rejected by God. But on the other hand, it was a good morning because if you are also here and you don't have a relationship with God, you don't have a life in the first place and you deserve us to mourn you and to take days to mourn you until life finds you. Praise the Lord. Because you be rejected by God or to walk in this life without relationship with God through Jesus Christ, the Bible says clearly that you have no life nor part in the kingdom of God. And so if you are here today and you don't have a relationship with Christ, after the service, please make sure you don't go the same way you came. Make sure you strike relationship with Jesus, the Lord of the house, and your life will be secured. Amen. Now, when we look at the second test, it's about Abraham. His wife, Sarah, is dead. And Abraham took, probably looking at the words, it seemed a bit harsh. Give me a place to bury my dead, out of my sight. Hallelujah. Humanly speaking, sometimes you don't even see emotions here. You don't feel anything. It's like, wow, Charlie, let's go and bury her. Give me a place. Where is the cemetery? Let's just go. Praise the Lord. We may judge Abraham, but a little study of life and when it comes to death and situations like this, I see God always approving the style of Abraham. Hallelujah. I see God always approving the style of Abraham. When Moses died, Joshua gave himself days to mourn. He became incapacitated. I mean, it was going on too long. God came and said, oh boy, what is happening? He said, rise up and quickly take the mantle because you have a work to do. Praise the name of the Lord. Oh, I said, praise the name of the Lord. Death and Circumstances that always bring us into state of grief and mourning. I think that God would have us deal with them in a way that will not obstruct his plans and his purposes. Amen. Because yes, a misfortune, a calamity has happened. Life has been lost. Something important has left your life. But then life still goes on. Tell somebody, life still goes on. God's plans and purposes have never come to a stop because of the absence of any situation. God is still working. Hallelujah. I said God is still working. Whether with or without, he's still working. And so God wants us to see life as a serious adventure. And whether the feelings are better or no, we must still learn how to respond appropriately to life's events and Circumstances like this. Incidences such as death, divorce, disappointments, uh, changes in one's health. Amen. Sudden changes in one's way of life. Amen. You made investment. Everything collapses on your head. It's a sudden change it can move you into a state of mourning forever. Your health deteriorates and you look at the vision and the purposes your heart always indicts on, but yet your natural strength is failing you. It is a serious place to be. It is not a comfortable state to find yourself in. And sometimes such situations can move you into a state of mourning. Why will Samuel take so much time to mourn the rejection of a man like Saul? I understand Saul became a fellow because he anointed him into office. So his love and his affection for Saul was like that. Sometimes when we lose love once or when something we appreciate so much leaves our hands and our care, it brings us into a state of mourning. Secondly, I believe Saul or Samuel mourned for Saul's rejection because he was looking at the vacancy and he didn't know what next. Sometimes states and situations like this truncate our vision. They bring us to a stop. We look into life and there's no hope. All our plans are just in disarray. We can't find a center to hold. And we can imagine what could bring a miracle to restore that state of life. And so Samuel was looking at Israel and was like, wow. If this man has been rejected, what is the fate of Israel? So sad things can also make us mourn for long. Again, when things like this happen, sometimes I call it the flashbacks, the flashbacks. Sometimes you are reminded somebody is here, but by virtue of what happened to our sister, he or she has been reminded. Of something that happened years ago. And all of a sudden, the picture, the emotions, and every experience the person went through come alive. And immediately, you are sent back. Samuel himself has been a victim of rejection from the people. Because it was on the account of his rejection that Saul was recommended by God to come on the throne. The people said, your sons are mature, but they are not living good lives. You have judged us. You have led us prophetically. There's nothing wrong with you and your leadership, but we can't accept your sons to step into your shoe." And the Bible said the thing displeased Samuel. He went to God and God told him that, Sammy, you are not the one they have rejected, but they have rejected me. Amen. And so he has been a victim of rejection himself. And so I can understand why the rejection of Saul could make him go into a state of mourning and grieving without stopping until God comes on the scene to say that why are you mourning for Saul? Because I've rejected him. Praise the Lord. And so there are other things. The important thing to note here, why God, I believe God will not have us entertain such situations And bury ourselves in it is because they have huge impact on every aspect of our lives. When you lose something or you lose a loved one and you don't take time to go through the normal grieving system. But your grief turns out to be the unhealthy one. It affects every aspect of your life. It affects your feeling. People have become nasty. People have become sarcastic. People have become, I mean, quarrelsome because of things they have suffered in life. They used not to be so. They used to be very nice people. They used to be very loving people. But they went through situations that left them some marks. And so they can become angry at any time. They are anxious. They are confused. They live in denial. They they go through depression from one moment. They come out. They go again. This is how such instances can affect our feelings. They can also affect our thoughts. I spoke about confusion. Difficulty in concentrating. It happens and you hear the word of God and you continue. Sometimes you hear something and you ask yourself, is this true? Is God true? Can I trust him again? Seeing what happened to me. Couldn't God have done anything? And so it affects your belief system. There are many because of what they have suffered in life. They don't believe anything anymore. They are just keeping the faces. They are just keeping the composure. You see them move along with the people. But in the midst of many, they are still lonely. They don't have anybody they can trust because of what they have suffered in life. It has a way of affecting your physical life, your physical sensation. Some people, because of such circumstances, they end up developing sicknesses and diseases. The little thing they do, they feel dizzy. The little thing they do, they feel tired. So it has health implications as well. When you talk about behavior, Crying spells. People moving to aggression. They lose interest in life itself. Sometimes they can't enjoy any good thing again. Hallelujah. Most of the time at weddings, I just tell couples that you see, as you celebrate, most people who are there, some are casting evil prophecies. Because of their experiences. As you are laughing and enjoying this. Oh, I give you three days. I give you three days. All because of the experience. And sometimes you look at them. You look at the beautiful thing that is happening. But because of their experience. They've been brought into a state of life. That they can't appreciate anything good. I don't know what you have suffered. Maybe... You were disappointed at a certain point in your life. Maybe you have suffered wickedness at the hands of men. People you trusted backstabbed you. Hallelujah. And your life seemed to be like that of Samuel. You are in perpetual mourning. This morning, I came with a word from the Lord. He said, fill your horn with oil because there is a move you must make. Praise the Lord. There is a move you must make. Say with me, there is a move I must make. Amen. Because as all these were happening, God is moving and God had outlined a new plan for a better person to come in, hallelujah. And that is why I say to you that your better days are yet to come. Oh, Perrette, your better days are yet to come. And anybody who is in any state of mourning, I tell you, your best days are yet to come. Praise the Lord, you may have suffered yes, but that is not the reality of your life. Life is an adventure. As we journey along, you notice there are some places you reach, they've made available car park there. Amen. If you don't have use for it, you may not even observe it. But when your oil gate starts showing, that is red, and you check and the car is not moving, immediately you begin to find out, where can I park? And be safe. Then. A journey you have been on. And you've never taken notice of rest stops. You now begin to find rest stops. Hallelujah. Such is life. Sometimes, as you run. Unconsciously. Your oil runs out. And you are not aware. And so you have to pack. But when you are brought to a station in life. You only have to look for what is lacking and fail it so you can continue your journey. Hallelujah. And that is why you must not allow any circumstance to station you in life. Because a lot, too many people today have been stationed in life. Nothing much is happening You can see them on the peripheral moving. But Charlie, it's all showmanship. Internally, people are dying. But yet, it's like there is no help. Hallelujah. Tonight, today, I came to let you know that God says, fill your horn with oil. Fill your horn with oil. So, what did it mean to Samuel? Samuel. When God told him to fill his horn with oil, God was telling Samuel to get back into alignment. Hallelujah. Because often when these things happen, we get into disalignment. Our emotions can cloud our faith and our spirituality. Because what is happening, we can feel it. This is not a story. This is a reality. Hallelujah. You have lost that thing. It has left your hands. You no longer have access to it. And so, you can feel it. And your mind is very active. Your reasoning ability is high. It can interpret things very well. Hallelujah. And so, if you don't take care, you'll be clouded out of your faith life. Such happened to Israel at a point when they were in captivity. And the Bible said that their enemies required them to sing a song to them. But they said, what is the need? Why should we sing the song of Zion in a foreign land? He said, they hanged their harps and billows and they said, we will not sing. But I have known Israel to triumph through many battles through singing. And so when I read that psalm, I was tempted to believe that it was God's ploy. To use their enemies to request them to sing the song of Zion so that God would come into their situation and change their situation for them. But they said, no, we have hanged our gallows. We have hanged our hearts. There is no need to sing songs of deliverance. But you will sing again. I said you will sing again. Because Judah will go first in the battle. And when Judah is positioned in the first line. On the front edge of the battle. Your victory is assured. Hallelujah. So God was telling Samuel. Get back into alignment. He said fill your horn with oil. The oil was his working implement. As a prophet, the horn was what he uses to go and anoint people when he fills it with the oil. So he says, take up your horn. What are the things you have lost interest in? But too. They were the things that used to help you enjoy life. People move into such states and they cut off with friends. With important relationships. And they don't have, want to have anything to do with people. Hallelujah. They don't want to have anything to do even with fellowships. They close up their lives and they become inaccessible. Praise God poor God was telling Samuel that no get back into alignment. Take that horn take that vessel and this morning I came to let you know that the horn represents your life and my life because we are God's vessels and God wants us to feel to be filled with the anointing And so the second thing here is the oil. And the oil represents the Holy Spirit. There are about five symbols used in helping us appreciate and understand the work of the Holy Spirit. And oil is one. So when God told Samuel to fill his horn with oil, he was telling him to get back. In fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And how do you do that? You do that by prayer. You do that by fellowship with the saints. You do that by worshiping and praising God. It is in this season that if you don't know how to sing, you must of necessity learn how to sing. Because you need a presence with you. And the presence you need is not the presence of emotion, presence of demons, but the presence of the mighty God. Hallelujah. Because when you move into such states, there are some presence that comes to you. Sometimes the presence of bitterness, it just invades your life. Anger. It just invades your life. Some of these things take on personality and they just enter into your life. Sometimes you can see somebody and as soon as you see the person, he provokes certain thoughts that sense you nagging, sense you at naught. And you are always angry. It's an invasion of presence. God says that, no, get in touch with the Holy Spirit. If you need any presence, let me be that presence you will have. And so he was telling Samuel that you need the Holy Spirit in this time more than ever. Are you in a state of mourning? Take time to know the Holy Spirit because he will bring the presence of God Alive in your life. And when God's presence is in a place, you cannot talk about defeat. You cannot talk about death anymore. You cannot talk about failure anymore. When the presence of God is with you, the presence ensures your lifting. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then he tells him to fill, to be full, to be full. This is not the way you just treat half-half. No. Fill the horn. And in those days, if they're going to anoint a new person, the horn is filled to the brim. And when the horn is, the oil is being poured, it is poured to saturate the person. So when somebody is anointed, by the time the session is over, his entire cloth is submerged, is filled with the oil. Hallelujah. So this is the time you need the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Now, why is God telling Samuel to do this? Because there's a new plan for his life. In Isaiah 43, 19, it says, Behold, I will do a new thing. Amen. What has left has left. The one who is gone is gone. David said, He is gone, but I am here. Where he is, I, he cannot come here, but I will go there someday. Hallelujah. And so between now and the someday we will join them. Your life must not come to an end. I remember in Isaiah says, he said the day King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. Praise the Lord. It was in that situation that Isaiah received his ministry. It was in that encounter that he heard the council in heaven asking Who should I send and who will go? And it was there he responded, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So anytime something leaves you, it creates room for God to bring something new into your life. What have you lost? What are you still grieving over? What are you still mourning? What situation are you still mourning in life? God says, he's doing a new thing. He has not stopped working. His plan for you is still intact. And that is why you have life. You have life. Hallelujah. And so you must make that life do what? Count. You must make that life count. Finally, on this look with me in Isaiah 54. Isaiah 54. Isaiah 54. And this tells us the nature of that plan. Why God is asking us to fill our home with oil and gold. He says, enlarge the place of your tent. Isaiah 54 too. And let them Stretch out the cuttings of your dwelling. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your sticks. There are things that still must be strengthened. Some things have been weakened by the situation, but you must strengthen yourself again in those things. He says, For you shall expand to the right and to the left, and your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. Do not fear, for you will not be ashamed, neither be disgraced, for you will not be put to shame, for you will forget the shame of your youth. Hallelujah. So, God says to tell you that you will forget this day. Hallelujah. You will forget this moment. Hallelujah. Because, Better things are on the way, coming. He said, and you will not remember the reproach of your widowhood anymore. Praise the Lord. The reproach that this incident has brought upon you. God says you will not remember it anymore. Why? Because he's about to do something that will replace the story this reproach and when people are looking out to remember this story it is the new thing God is going to do that will come into reference hallelujah God is burying this past and so allow him to bury it he says for your maker is your husband oh did somebody hear that for your maker is your restorer For your maker is your defender. For your maker is your provider. Yes, what are you thinking you have lost? It's a source that was bringing something. But God is the mighty fountain who fills every place and can supply every need. The Lord of hosts is his name and your redeemer is the Holy One of Israel. He is called the God of the whole earth. For the Lord has called you like a woman forsaken and grieved in spirit. Like a youthful wife, when you were refused, says your God. For a mere moment, I have forsaken you. But with great mercies, I will gather you. With great mercies the Lord is coming back to you. With great messages. the Lord is restoring you. With great messages. the Lord is bringing to pass the new things in your life. Praise the Lord. These are not fables. These are not just to entertain us and make us emotionally feel better. These are the reality that eternity is working on praise the lord praise the lord praise the lord i heard of a story about papa hagen that a member of his, his church died and the woman was mourning and after several trials to help her to come back she will not allow then papa hagen said he had a vision And Jesus came and took him to glory. And when he went, he saw the husband there. And he saw some other people of her family. And he said, when he saw the husband of this woman, the husband said to him, go and tell my wife that she should stop crying. Because God is bringing somebody who is far better than me to come into her life. Then the husband said, he said, Papa Hagen said, the husband said, when you tell her and she doesn't believe you, tell her this story. Apparently, it was a secret that was known only between the woman and the husband. But in the vision, the man told Papa Hagen. So when he said this, he said, your husband told me this. And he said, I should tell you that so that you will know that I have seen him. And he told the woman, the secret, the woman said, hey, you have been standing at our window and eavesdropping our conversation. You don't know all this, why this is what you have been doing. So Papa again said he prayed for her and left. But not long after, what he saw happened, hallelujah, that God brought somebody new, hallelujah, and somebody who was indeed better, hallelujah, to fill in the place of the husband. And He said, After some few years, He met this woman in glory. I mean, not dead, but she was just full of joy, full of, and just called her and said, Do you remember when I came to you? Then the woman said, daddy, forget about it. Hallelujah. We serve a living God. I said, we serve a living God. And if God has promised us a better way, let us believe in him. When Samuel believed in God and he filled his horn with oil and left his place to the house of Jesse, God directed his steps. He had a replacement for Saul and indeed David mounted the kingdom and every fear Samuel had disappeared because David behaved himself very well and became indeed the man after God's own heart. Hallelujah. This morning, God says to you, fill your horn with oil. Get back in relationship with the Holy Spirit. Because there is a move you must make. Your life has not come to an end. It is that situation that came to an end. But yours is still in force. I see the Lord leading you. I see him give you counsel. I see him direct your steps like he directed that of Samuel into that place where that replacement will be found, into that place where that restoration will come from. I see the oil overflow in your life. I see beauty come back again. I see laughter come back again. I see opportunities open up for you again. I see gates that you were refused open on their own accord to you because God has brought you into favor with him. You are blessed this morning, and God has empowered you to go on. Hallelujah. Amen.